If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. And oh, he hits the upright again. That's impossible. Get your mouth shut. Get your mouth shut. Jerk. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. Limp Ditkas Podcast. I'm Pete. I'm Ryan. Welcome to the Limp Ditkas Podcast, episode 39. I think I'm going to entitle this a big fuck you to the state of Minnesota as they tried to ruin my weekend after the Golden Gophers took care of my Michigan State Spartans and then the Gophers. Yeah, the Lions snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory against the Vikings. In a, a another SOL brutal loss that I'm very familiar with as a lifelong Lions fan, but fortunately for this podcast, we have your teams that you like to follow that did much better with your Dallas Cowboys winning on Monday Night Football and your Notre Dame Fighting Irish taking care of the what Tar Heels, the, the North the, Carolina, the undefeated North Carolina Tar Heels. Wow! All right. Well, <laughs> oh, we'll get I'm, into building, that. I'm building it up a little more. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we talked. We were too concerned about them going into the week. Uh, uh, I was not. Last week's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not okay. We'll get into those subjects as well as maybe make a little fun of the Bears, who actually did win this weekend. Um, yeah. It's potentially the worst team in the NFL, but it was a struggle. Yeah, we'll get to that. But let's go ahead and kick this motherfucker off. <laughs> After a uh, 0-1 start, they have moved to 2-1, taking care of the Bengals last week and, and cleaning some stuff up and now disposing of arch enemies, division rivals, the New York Giants, who continue to not be able to, you know, really find themselves, get consistent offense, consistent defense, consistent anything, despite coaching changes and and person and and uh, front office changes they they still look like a team lost against the cowboys as i believe daniel the 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 ghost of davy jones daniel johnson daniel jones is now owen <laughs> owen nine against doug the cowboys jabronski is owen <laughs> 10 or something against the cowboys it's wow. ridiculous he has not beat them yet um you know Good news on on the uh, the Cowboys defense continues to look legit. I mean, they even look pretty legit against uh, the the Buccaneers in in week one. Um, three uh, sacks for Demarcus Lawrence last night. Five sacks total. They rushed thirty times for one hundred and seventy six yards for about five point eight six yards a carry, which is something I preached about last week that the winning was through the running game and. Lo and behold, um, so Trevon Diggs got his first interception of the year. He had 11 last year, so it's good to see that. It was kind of the one that sealed the game. But, you know, it wasn't a runaway victory for the Cowboys. I, I know I know you were probably mm. watching. You had some skin in the game. I did. Uh, you I had sick Bar- Barkley. You needed yeah. him for the win. Did that work out for you? It did. It did. Finally, uh, with like, I think it was the last Giants drive, he actually put me over the top. My fantasy matchup that absolutely no one but myself and possibly my buddy Brian 
who I defeated. Uh, his team bearproof suit was defeated by my surrender cobras. Uh, I think it was by like 131 and a half to 130 or something like that. Ridiculous scoring system, however we're doing it. But nobody gives shit, a shit about that. But I was definitely rooting for Saquon Barkley. And he came through right at the end. He had that one long uh, touchdown run that really put me in the driver's seat and kind of did that tie the game at that point? Or I forget exactly no. the scenario, but. Uh, that might have been the one that put them up 13 to six. And then the Cowboys ran off mm, 17 okay. straight points. There you go. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it, it, I would say for three quarters, it kind of was, you know, you're the, to your point, Saquon Barkley has that long touchdown and it's 13 to six, but then Cooper rush, Central Michigan zone, fire up chips, my alma mater. That's right. Now 3-0 and is the starter for the Cowboys. That's uh, right. Orchestrated a, a brilliant drive down the field to just snatch snatch the tie and then uh, grab the tie and then, and then snatch the lead a, a drive later. So um, he's been nothing but, I mean, for a backup, He's but everything spectacular. you could ask for. Yeah. He's, he, he had, they had, the Cowboys had no turnovers yesterday. That's a huge part of yeah, it. The, the Giants had one, and that was like I, the aforementioned Diggs interception that sealed the game for the Cowboys. But um, I think Jerry Jones said you might have a quarterback controversy when Dak comes back. Did you see those? Co- he was joking, of course. But oh, I think, yeah. I think that was today. He was saying, making, making quarterback controversy jokes. So. Yeah, the week before he said there was week before he was like that that's not even a, a question. So now it now now he's turned into now that they have a winning record, now he's fun Jerry, I guess. Oh, uh, fun Jerry. Yeah. We don't want him too fun because that brings to headlines to the to the press and the cowboys, if you know what I'm saying. But um they Oh have, wow, yeah, I forgot about <laughs> yeah, yeah. now I get they, it. They have the commanders. The football team, the football club coming in next week. Going commando. Dallas. So I'm looking at them going two and oh in the division and moving to three and one on the year. I I I am just dismissing this game. Um now the beauty of, of football is they play and all sports is they play the games for a reason. So could be a funny episode next week, but uh I'm uh looking at uh, the Cowboys easily disposing of the commanders next week at home. Um, and then, uh, little, uh, side note on the Cowboys. Um, I, uh, great moments in gambling history. I won a nice parlay last night. Curse oh, the Cowboys. We haven't talked gambling in a while. I wasn't no, sure. If you you were... know what? I, I forgot. And I didn't do it this week. I, I'm going to have to get it back up and running next week. Uh, the, uh, PV lock of the week. I, that was the upset uh, specials. That the upset special was a was a staple of, of this show last year, and I, I don't have one <laughs> fired up for for uh, this week. I, I kind of just thought of it as I was just talking about that, but uh, I had bet that get your uh, head in the game. Come on, I know. let's go. I took the Cowboys straight up win plus one hundred uh, with a CD Lamb touchdown, a Ezekiel Elliott touchdown, and Noah. Um, I can't think of his last name, the receiver that Cooper Rush loves, um, getting mm. 50 plus yards. It wow. all happened. Damn. That, what was the payout? 
Uh, I was a plus two, two, two thousand three twenty bet, but I only bet five bucks. So it was one Oh seven. I, I bet five bucks, got $107 back. So that's, that's not, that's a, that's a good investment. To sneeze at. Yeah. No, that's a good investment. I, I'm not a big spender folks, but, uh, <laughs> what are you going to do with that one Oh seven? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. Buy a new microphone. Uh, I don't know for you. Yes. <laughs> no, mine sounds fantastic. One with a cable that works consistently. Hey, I've taken care of that. We'll get into our technical issues at some other podcast, but <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's it. That's all I got for my Cowboys this week. Unless you got anything to add. Oh, well, but yeah, I'm going to add a lot cause I really don't want to even get to my lions, but I, I just had a couple, couple observations that you, you and others probably don't give a shit about, but me as a graphic designer and a uniform aficionado, just, uh, oh, really wow. my interest. Mm, interesting. <laughs> I have designed a uh, minor league uniform, minor league baseball uniforms and hats. So I don't know. I, I pay attention to that stuff. I might be a professional at this. So I first question is I don't pay attention to the fucking giants at all or the NFC East is as least as possible. So maybe you've noticed this before, but do you know when the giants switched back to their like 1986 giants across the hel- side of the helmet? Um, it, it's like the Lawrence Taylor uniforms. They went back to for a long time. They had the, the NY. Stylized NY. Yeah. I don't, I don't, maybe this is new this year or maybe I just it might missed be, it. It might be this year. I, I don't mm. really, or maybe they change it up. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I I didn't I don't really know. The other question honest. is I noticed you guys were wearing your navy uniforms because the home team was wearing whites. And I don't remember the Giants ever doing that. They typically wear their royal blue or navy blue, whatever it is. So you were forced to wear your your navy blue jerseys, which I don't think is your preferred look considering you wear the whites almost everywhere I've seen you. But did you even notice that? I did notice that, and it was probably you know they look pretty sharp. I mean, the, I don't know super, why they avoid them so much. They're superstition in in sports, mm. as we all know. Perhaps the Giants said we're we're gonna go with with white uh, to get them in a jersey that at one point I don't think this is really the case anymore. But they never really would win when they won their Navy jerseys. I there was see. like a, a weird ancient superstition. Uh, an, yeah. An ancient superstition. Cause at one point it was almost to your point, like through the seventies, they almost never wore those even into the most of the eighties. And then, then they would have to wear them time to time. And every time they did, uh, they would lose. And that's, Actually, like like I said, that's not really the case at all anymore. I'm, I'm sure there's yeah. I can find the data somewhere, but uh, the, it doesn't <laughs> seem to really affect the. I'm not going to require anymore. you to do any homework for this assignment. I, I, so I, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I wasn't I'm really, really not want that, to. I'm not even that curious. I <laughs> just wanted to throw that out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, but it is. It is a rare. It's a. It's a rare moment, and I don't think anyone really freaking cares anymore. <laughs> um, I, I would. I, mean, I would say. I, you know what, though, at the end of the day, uh, especially on the road, I'd almost rather be in a darker color because I think it's easier to to see your player mm. against the lights and things like that. Well, typically but, every NFL team wears a dark jersey at home and thus forcing the road team to wear white, except for in like Miami. I've noticed they wear their whites for probably heat, heat reflection or something. Maybe, maybe Tampa does as well. So. I think the giants were just kind of fucking with your mojo trying to trying to get that ancient superstition in your head. But of course it did not work. 
No, no, it did not. It was a. <laughs> you sound like you've grown tired of this conversation. A vict- It was a beautiful victory, which I celebrated with cashing out my winnings. Nice. And uh, you know, having a having a little bourbon to celebrate. So, uh, like I Monday said, night com- bourbon commanders next week, and uh, we will be three and one. You heard it here. Wow. Well, I guess this forces me to discuss my Detroit Lions, who traveled with a one-and-one record and some hope into Minneapolis, uh, looking like a fairly respectable team. Uh, I think I went at some length last week saying uh, positive things about Dan Campbell and the offense, uh, a little trepidatious about the defense still, but and I felt similarly positive through three quarters of the game in Minneapolis. Unfortunately, I you guys had it. I yeah. you guys had it. Unfortunately, the game is 60 minutes long and not, boy, I think it was 58 and a half minutes they were in the lead. Um, unfortunately, same old Lions came to roost once again. Uh, we we're very familiar with this, the SOL how the Lions find, always seem to find a way to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. I was thinking that narrative had hopefully had passed or begun to pass after these first two weeks, even though they were only one and one. They just look, they look like they weren't going to shoot themselves in the foot continuously like they have throughout my lifetime. But alas, enter Dan Campbell, the Danimal Cannibal, as I like to call him. Uh, very aggressive throughout the game. He was actually four out of six on fourth down calls. Uh, they they actually made it four times out of six fourth downs, which is just crazy. He went for it that many times. But unfortunately, with a minute and 14 seconds left and the Lions up by three with the ball at the Vikings 36 and a fourth and four, his balls suddenly shrunk and was unable to make the bold call to go for it again. Uh preferring to go with his field goal kicker to put the Lions up by a mere six points with 74 seconds to go. Uh, Curious decision to say the least. Obviously, they could have gone for it. I'm not sure, you know, (laughs) hoping to go five for seven on fourth downs is necessarily going to work out in your favor. Uh, It it wouldn't have been the the end of the world. I think a punt uh, would have been the safest thing to do for sure. And I don't think anyone would be critical of that. If somehow that didn't work out, uh, we have a fantastic, fantastic punter in Jake Fox, who's I have no doubt would have been able to pin them down within the 10 yard line, giving them, you know, 90 plus yards to go in just over a minute. Uh, but of course it wouldn't be 90, 90 yards at that point because they, all they would have needed is a field goal. So 50 yards, whatever, but, Either one would have been a better option. And uh, Dan Campbell actually, after the game, said he had a, another option that he was not going to tell anyone about. So it's made uh, many, many speculate what what that other option could have been, whether it was a, a fake punt or a fake field goal or a pooch pooch kick by Jared Goff or who knows what, what madness he had planned that he stayed away from. But unfortunately, he went with his kicker, who had already missed a 48-yard field goal earlier in the game, is two for five in 50 plus yard kicks in it for his career. Now, unfortunately two for six, (laughs) Uh, of course he missed the field goal. Uh, 
Vikings get the ball. They must have gotten it at the, I think it's seven added yards from the line of scrimmage where they placed the ball right. for the kick. So, so it'd be the 43 and just marched right down the field. It was a joke. A, every Lions fan that has paid any attention over the last <laughs> 65 years knew exactly what was coming the moment that field goal fluttered away. Uh, Vikings marched right down the field, scored the winning touchdown. Uh, just porous porous defense secondary issues penalties left and right uh just the classic very classic sol defeat uh where they had that game they're up by 10 points in the third going into the fourth quarter uh just so frustrating everything that we thought had changed is hasn't changed at all you know, to his credit, Dan Campbell took all responsibility and even said he 100% regrets that call, which is kind of interesting because most most coaches would just give you the reasons why they did it and the you know the plausibility or lack thereof, and you can argue that. But he just came out and said he fucked up essentially. So I don't know. You kind you kind of respect that, and I think his players respect that, but. I kind of don't really give a shit when he keeps making these, these same kind of blunders. The, exactly. Last year, last year was full of that. And you kind of give a first year coach a pass on that, but we're seeing the same thing already cost lions this year. It's, it's just incredibly deflating. Um, beyond that, the negativity continued with uh, Tracy Walker, our probably our best defender our safety uh, blue is Achilles out, out for the season. Uh, yeah. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is kind of nowhere to be seen. I think he's still ailing from whatever injury he received or may have caused himself in the previous game. Uh, just a lot, a lot to not feel so great about. I guess the good news is the Lions should have won this game and they could have won game in week one. They were certainly competitive, you know. So if, if Literally, they could be three and zero. Where I I don't think anyone would have had that hope that the wins that the Lions were even, you know, capable of winning three games last year. Even though they did go three ten and one or whatever it was, three eleven and one, right. thirteen and one. Sorry. Um. So they are playing so much better than than they have in a long time. And if it weren't for that just horrible decision, and you know, just not not getting it done at crunch time as we've seen so many times we'd we'd feel feel pretty good about this team just the difference between two and one as your cowboys are and one and one and two as my lions are is is just astronomical it feels like in week three so i think that just put things in more perspective from in my mind just even making that statement this is only week three they're only one and two if they continue to put up points the way they've been uh, if they could find a way to get over the the injuries from key players like Tracy Walker, it's which is doubtful, but on a thin defense to begin with, you know they're, they're gonna they'll they'll be respectable. I mean, they still have a chance to win six plus games as as I had hoped for going into this season, but just a deflating loss. Uh, yeah. Just to have just to have the refrain "same old Lions" come back in in as a, as a common phrase to describe this game is frustrating to say the least, or you're hoping to bury that at, at all times, but it just won't go away. Yeah. I mean, I, I had red zone on and, mm. um, 
like weren't you guys up like 24 to 7 or something at one point and it was a I believe was their biggest lead, but yeah, and it was. I was like, oh man, the lines are looking good again. The offense is rolling. Um, but that's the. I guess that's the other thing that's probably a little bit of a disappointment in that. In in that you you had the twenty four points, I believe at half, right? Uh, no, it was fourteen nothing at the half. I think. Oh, at the half. Third okay. quarter is twenty four fourteen. I think was that. Yeah. So three more points after that. I mean, that's the part where as a fan and I, I I go through with the Cowboys too. Like you're like, why am I able to, I, I mean, I, the game is ebb and flows and, 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 and uh, highs and lows obviously. But you know, if you're, you guys have basically effectively moved the ball for, for two straight games for sure. And three straight and, games. And they were three straight the, games. Right. That you're leaning in, in the, in game one too. In offensive so, points scored. We were leading the, leading the NFL after two weeks and we we're still scored 24 this week. So we're still up yeah. there, but you know, yeah, of course so, not enough at the end of the game or in the fourth quarter. So uh, yeah, offense is not going to be the problem. I mean, Jared Goff is actually looking like, you know, mid-tier quarterback right now. I would, he's nowhere near elite, but he's not he's not an issue by any means. No. So that's all we can really ask for at this point. Just have a quarterback that's not an issue, um, not causing interceptions or fumbling the ball. He, he's 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 going to get done, and he's putting points on the board. But the defense is just in the yeah. decision making is just going to continue to confound. Well, the good news is you guys get to play the bears twice. And that is good news. And you know, you were saying how two and one feels so much better than one and two, but sounds great. It, sounds fantastic. It, sounds, from it here. sounds great. Right. But if you're a bears fan, you, you gotta be thinking we should be Oh, and three right now. <laughs> the bears are two and one. This is unreal. The bears are two and one super with, bear, super bowl with a quarterback who had a passer rating of 27.7 it's bad on sunday a qbr rating which was the uh supposed to be more like uh war is for baseball mm. wins above replacement was the stat that um espn created that is supposed to encompass all aspects of the game um is that, is that where the 100 is the best or yeah yeah but well yeah, I believe so. I'm all I know is he had like a 19, he had a 19.4 and like a a good QBR is like 70 or above, I believe. Okay. So not or not maybe close. not close. So um he had 106 yards passing and two interceptions, no touchdowns. The the thing that saved the Bears in the game was the rushing attack put down in a pro game 287 yards on the ground which is crazy without david montgomery but i just wanted to take the time because we don't like the bears and the and 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 i know uh people think it's the personnel around fields which is the problem but the the real problem is fields and, and i've got some deeper stats here he is the only qb that has held onto the ball in the pocket this season for three seconds. Everyone else is out of the pocket and releases it before three seconds. Oh, wow. He is the only QB so far who's played any sort of time that has, has been 
has has had it in the pocket for three seconds. Now I heard that comment last year that he just holds on the ball onto the ball way too long, and that, so that's you know you give again you give a rookie rookie the benefit of the doubt, but he's moving into his second season, carry on these same traits. Yeah, I mean when you're looking at like like Tom Brady is two point one, Cooper Rush is one point nine. That's right. He he's releasing fuck around. He's the Chippewa. ball in less than two. He's releasing the ball quicker than 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 Dak Prescott. Mm. That's why maybe there is a quarterback controversy there. Stay um, tuned. Garoppolo was two point two uh, over his last game and a half. Burrow two point three, and he's been sacked an obscene amount of times. He's been sacked uh, fifteen times, and he's still getting the ball out at, at a higher rate. And and uh, Fields has only been sacked ten times. So I'm here to say to every Bears fan, stop making excuses for Justin mm. Fields because it's not the offensive line. And I, I alluded to this last week. It's not the offensive line when you're putting up a rushing attack like the Bears are putting up. Mm. That They are creating holes and giving their running backs space to run. And it's just... It's just uh, He's also only had two receiver drops this entire year. Wow. Well, they've also been playing rather mediocre competition, including the winless Houston Texans this weekend. Uh, they got revenge against, I guess, against Lovey Smith, their former coach. Lovey Bear. Lovey Bear. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, again, we talked about the Giants being smoke and mirrors, being undefeated at one point. Uh, I think the Bears are far more smoke and mirrors being two and one at this point. And these might be their only two wins of the season. I mean, I I see the Lions with the way the Lions have been playing, beating them twice. <laughs> I, I think with the with the the uh, outsider's perspective that you have, uh, I could see why you would think that. But as a shell-shocked and permanently scarred Lions fan, I can see all sorts of scenarios where the Lions could fuck up that. Uh, what seems like it should be a sure thing, they'll, they'll find a way. But I hope you're right. Yeah, I mean, and to your point, the fact that the Bears won by three points against arguably the worst team in the league is is mm. an indictment in itself there. So <laughs> bear down, guys. Enjoy enjoy your wins when you get them because they are offensively uh, challenged. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. So that's enough Bears talk because it, it starts to make my stomach feel queasy. Yeah. Can we just not even talk about the NFL? Can we just move right over to college? We can football? move. Let's move over to college football. Actually, I'm not sure I want to do that either. But I'll I'll let you start. All right. It's victory week again. Uh. Woo! The PD Notre sunshine over there. Everything's just working out for you. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish went into undefeated North Carolina, <laughs> that powerhouse. ACC and, powerhouse. And took it to them. Mm. Um, yeah, I wasn't worried about this game. And no. things went even better than expected. I mean, we've got lopsided numbers here. The, the, uh, the Irish had 35 first downs in that game double the amount of North Carolina at 18. Basically they had the ball for almost 40 minutes to Carolina's 21 minutes. Um, the score was, was 45 to 20 with nine 48 to go. It looks a little closer cause it ended 45 32, but a couple garbage TDs one might say, 
They held North Carolina to uh, – now, this is almost unheard of in college football because, like, 100 rushing yards isn't necessarily good in a college game because no. most college games, the, the yards get racked up. Uh, they held them to 67 yards rushing. Um, the uh, total yardage for Notre Dame was 576 to 368. Uh, obviously, 300 of that was in passing for – North Carolina, which is how they scored their five touchdowns in the game. Where Notre Dame was a little more balanced, two eighty nine in the air with three touchdown passes for Pine, a nice a nice game. Um, and the Irish rush for two eighty two eighty seven and, and and three touchdowns. So just a lot of offense, wow. a lot of not really. No, it was a little bit of a slow start, and then they just kind of poured it on and never looked back. So um, they have a bye week this week, mm. and then pretty much the I would say the season at the moment, because of the expanded playoffs, comes in on October 8th when they travel to play ranked BYU. And if they beat BYU... I can only assume that they will be ranked again. While none of this matters, because they have to get ranked by the by the, the playoff uh, committee, the playoff committee. But this would now position them to possibly squeak in in one of those end spots. As there's a lot of teams right now in the lower half of the squeak rankings, squeak into that, the top twenty-five. Is that what no, you're saying? Squeak into the the twelve. Uh, squeak into the top twenty-five next week, but then squeak in you know if they keep winning make it into one of those playoff spots well that that's not till 2026 oh why did you talk about the 12 yeah i thought that was this year no it's as early as 2024 but as soon as as late it wouldn't be any later than 2026 oh well never mind that well, they'll squeak into the top 25 for sure on October 8th. I, are um, you sure about that? I mean, they've got a they've got a loss to Marshall on their resume at home. I'm not sure. I, I don't think it matters because they'll win three in a row and everyone else in the in the back half of the 20, like from 15 on, I think has two losses right now. Mm. So they'd wow. be three and two and beating a ranked team on the road. It's so. a lot of losses for the top 25 already. Yeah, well, no one's, you know, I mean, there were four top 25 losses this year, this week again. Mm. So, I mean. Parody. Yeah, a lot of parody this year. So, we'll see. Um, So, yeah. So, uh, we'll see. Going on the road to BYU, 630 game ABC, October 8th. Must watch TV. Two weeks. Nice. Well, unfortunately, this brings us to closer to the end of the show, uh, where appropriately placed are my Michigan State Spartans. If I didn't have to talk about them at all, I'd, I'd feel better about this and just end the show. But that would be, I'd be derelict in my duties. Um, as if losing, the Lions losing to the Vikings wasn't bad enough. The weekend started with a humiliating defeat at home to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Maybe Gophers. The, the goofiest nickname in all of college sports, maybe all of sports. Yeah, not a good one. Uh, I, you know, I was a little nervous going into the game, considering, you know, they're 
media, you know, I even criticized their 52 to nothing victory over Akron. I thought that was kind of lackluster and not, <laughs> you not certainly indicative. did. I remember that. Yeah. I was like, wow. And certainly their performance at Washington didn't, didn't make me feel much better. But I was thinking, you know, coming home, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be angry about how they performed on the road, right? The ship. Minnesota's a mid mid tier team. They should be able to take care of. Might not be a pretty game, but they'll figure it out. And they didn't even they didn't even show up. They were down seventeen nothing at the half. Ended up losing thirty four to seven with a meaningless touchdown near the end. I believe I I tuned out by that point. I think I was watching NASCAR <laughs> during their other games in the afternoon. It was just embarrassing. Same problems persist that we've we've enumerated before. The, the defensive backfield is missing. <laughs> there is no secondary. Uh, the offensive line is mediocre at best. It was clearly uh, aided by generational talent, it is appearing. And Kenneth Walker III, how he made, you know, was able to put up so many yards despite a terrible offensive line that whole time. I, I did hear someone say, or maybe it was on the radio, or maybe I read it someplace, that Kenneth Walker put up uh, 70% of his yards were after first contact. So that means he was getting blown up in the backfield. He was still putting up yards and and should have been a a Heisman trophy winner in this, in this podcaster's mind. But so that just speaks to the same issues with the offensive line are still happening. Right. Uh, The defensive issues, they were the worst secondary in college football last year. And they're trending even worse than that this year. And it's so perplexing considering Mel Tucker, head coach, Mel Bad Motherfucker, you know, Matt Bad Mother Tucker, sorry, uh, is a defensive backs coach. That's his background. So he, you know, he did famously call himself a horseshit coach after last week's performance because uh, he's taken the blame. But I mean, he only, their performance this week only solidified that. And that he looks like a horseshit coach still. I don't know what the answer is because it's been the same problem for quite some time. We all saw it, and there doesn't seem to be a solution coming out of the bad mother Tucker. You know, so of course that leads to the obligatory complaints and uh from pundits and fans and everyone complaining about his ninety-five million dollar contract and how he's not living up to that. But I guess that's fun to 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 poke at, but it doesn't matter I mean, who, who, who cares what he's getting paid. He just needs to produce one way or the other. I guess it's, is it more embarrassing that he's making $95 million over the next 10 years? I guess, but in most cases, you know, in a professional franchise or, you know, a state funded uh, coaching situation, you could say the taxpayers are getting ripped off or you could say, you know, the, my franchise would, have funds better allocated other places. If someone wasn't performing his salary is getting paid by a couple of billionaire boosters, Matt Ishbia and the other guy, I always forget his name, but this is no effect on anybody it has no effect on the university itself it has no effect on taxpayers for a state funded university. These are private. His, his whole salary is privately funded or at least the vast majority of it. So people, it's a fun little headline and you could, we will always, tie Tucker to that $95 million, but it's a, it's a non, it's a non point. It's just, it's boring. It's, it's irrelevant essentially. So I'm going to defend him a little bit there, but 
unfortunately for Michigan State, their schedule is not kind coming up. There's little little to look look at that makes you think they can turn this around quickly. They're at Maryland next week, who actually uh, was a muffed kickoff away from being neck and neck with Michigan at at the Big House. Yeah, they um, what? They only lost that game by seven. Yeah, and the opening kickoff went off the Maryland's receiver's face and gave gave Michigan the ball at the eight yard line. So you could say that was that was immediately the difference in the game. Uh, Maryland's legit. Uh, uh, Ohio State is. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. It's Wisconsin, then Ohio State, and then Michigan. Those are the, that, those are Michigan State's next four games. So that's fun. Wow. Yeah. The the. The most difficult part of their schedules here, and they are looking as shitty as I've seen. So there are going to be some tough times this year in East Lansing. I, I'm I'm afraid this season is already kind of wiped out. Um, you know, losses on the road and losses at home to the only legit teams they've faced doesn't give much confidence. And I mean, you gotta you almost gotta look at this season as as a lost season and try try to develop develop some players, maybe put some younger players in and give them playing time. Um, you know, Peyton Thorne is looking like half the quarterback he was last year. I'm not sure where that regression stems from, but you know, maybe there's, there's a younger quarterback that could step in and get some time. And it's just amazing. We're, we're not even in October and we're already talking about, you know, looking, looking past this season for, for my fucking Spartan. So troubling times in the great lake state here with, with between both my lions and michigan state um so did so did, did most of the team return this year so it, it's really basically quite the a same bit team yeah. on the field okay yeah that's yeah. what i was going to ask you because you know sometimes people get all up in you know coaches shit but they just lost like 13 fucking guys that you know, that's the thing about college, you know, I mean, you're asked, you're tasked with and obviously Alabama and Georgia and those teams find a way to do it. But, you know, not everyone can pillage the best recruits in the country for their for their teams. So you're going to have years where you might struggle a little bit because you're you're developing these young guys. But I guess that's. Not no, the I mean, case they were for you guys this year. You can say what you want about preseason rankings, but they were they were ranked number eleven on some. They were, so, yeah. So they immediately dropped out of that after the Washington yeah. game. But Notre Dame was ranked five, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that is why we don't start our limp. It was the limp six ratings. I don't know. We're gonna have to reevaluate that if we're gonna. Well, we can continue to do that for a couple of years, I guess. But um, yeah, we don't, we won't be doing our rankings until I think it's week eight or maybe it's after October. We'll. We'll jump into that eventually, but well, I'm moving to 12 teams actually in the real playoffs this year, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's well, I hey, wish. Nate, I think I hey, think everyone wishes, but yeah, well, I I definitely wishing this year. I think you're definitely wishing this year be, because of mm -hmm. how our teams have performed so far. But maybe we'll get that Michigan State Notre Dame bowl game this year that we didn't get last year. So uh, bowl game, Jesus. Yeah, I mean. Um, I'm struggling to see where a state can get six or four more wins just to get to the really? six, wow. six equivalent at this point. Maybe they'll surprise you. Maybe they'll sneak in and, and win the uh, win the Big Ten championship to to make a major bowl. Mel Tucker is undefeated against Jim Harbaugh, so there's always that. We, we can take care of Michigan pretty much well, at will. So that would be wonderful because <laughs> nothing nothing gives me more pleasure 
besides Notre Dame winning in college football than Michigan losing. <laughs> We've got that to look forward and forward to in late October. So, well, unless you had anything else you'd like to cover in this episode 39 of the Limp Ditka's podcast, I think mm. we can wrap this one up. Yep. Uh, you can find us on social media at Limp Ditkas. You can find our merchandise at LimpDitkas.com. You can find us on YouTube. And you can find this podcast anywhere you'd like to find a podcast. So with that, I'm going to say this is Dagger Time. We out. Peace. Peace. Media.